0: walking along the beach and he looked up ahead and he saw a young kid bending down, throwing stuff in the ocean, so he caught up with him. He said, what you doing, son? And he had a starfish in his hand. He said, I'm picking up these starfish that are washed up on the beach. He said, I'm throwing them into the ocean because if they stay out here in the morning sun, hit them, they'll die. The old man says, well, son, there's hundreds of miles of beach and there's thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of these things you're not doing much by doing that. And the little boy picked up another starfish. He looked at it. He threw it out there. He said, it matters to him. That's right. Amen. It matters to him. And see, that has to be the motto of the church. Amen. Sometimes we think, well, who am I? How can I make a difference in this world? I don't have this large audience to speak to. You know... Jesus spoke to the crowds, but he walked with disciples one at a time sometimes. And so what this world really needs is people. Imagine how the church would be changed right now if you would make a disciple in the church. If you would invite one person, if everybody in the church had one person that they concentrated on to get into the church, get plugged up, we would double in size next year. If you did that in one year. So it's really one at a time. How does this nation need to change? One heart at a time. We're always looking at the big picture. Jesus, God himself in the flesh, came down here and he concentrated on 12 people. And then they concentrated on others. And now you see that Christ is all over the world. It matters to that one. Did it matter to you? When somebody threw you back in the ocean and gave you another shot at it, it matters. Let's turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse 20, starting in verse 28. It says. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. I mean, they didn't even want to think about him. They didn't even want his memory in their knowledge. They wanted to erase God. God gave them over to a debased mind. What does debased mean? Not have a base. If God is not your base, if you have erased him from your mind... Then what are you standing on? Sounds like shifting sand to me. So God, they said, you don't want me? Well, let's see how that works out. So God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, they were full of envy, murder, and strife, and deceit, evil mindedness. They're whisperers, backbiters, haters of God. They're violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, <laughs> disobedient to their parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but approve of those who practice them. They're trying to get everybody to come on and do it with me. Let's not keep God in our knowledge. Let's erase him. Let's burn Bibles. Let's erase the memory of God in our society. And you may say, are you talking about America? America? I mean, but Paul wrote this way back when. This was written 2,000 years ago. It was the same way in his society. You see, any time a nation or even just an individual person decides that they're not going to retain the knowledge of God and have a base on which to build their life, they begin what I call a slow phase. Sometimes it ain't so slow, is it? That's right. Yeah. Do you see things moving kind of fast in America? I've been hearing people talk, you know, how did it change so fast? How how did America get here? But really it's always been here. These things have been festering for a while as we've taken God and tried to not retain him in our knowledge. And we got off our base as a country. These things have been here, but we haven't seen them because they—they've been scared to come into the light. But now they're not scared anymore Mm -hmm. because they can hide behind a mask. Come on, preach! Come on, and I don't think—I don't think that bothers them either. I think they would. I think they've been spurred. (laughs) I think they've been. Hmm. (laughs) They just don't care anymore. I think the devil knows his days are short. And he's throwing the kitchen sink at us. At America, at our values, at the church. Anyway, this could be used to describe any generation. We're not the first ones to experience this kind of behavior. Murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, whisperers, backbiters, all these things. I mean, that's just the nature of a person who has removed God from their life. And it could be you. Come on. The moment you begin your slow fade and begin to back out of the things of God, these are the things that will replace God in your life. That's it. Exactly. And so these things were going on in 1 Kings chapter 18. During the time of King Ahab. You remember reading about him? He's like one of the worst kings ever. (laughs) And because he was married to Jezebel, you've heard of her, right? That was quite a pair. But they're going through a season, like a 2020 season in Israel. He's the king of Israel. He's just a terrible king. He's an inept king. And she's, well, she's a handful, man. But they've been going through a time... Where God has taken His hands off and said, "Let's see what happens if you if you don't want me in your your country," and so there's been a drought, food is in short supply, He can't find grass to feed His animals, even the king is suffering. Things are all as my old friend used to say, "Wackadoo." <laughs> Doesn't that sound? Isn't that a good expression for today in America? It's wackadoo. <laughs> So there's a drought there brought on by years of horrible leadership in the country. Uh, they're worshiping false gods. Do you know the, the human heart is made to worship something? And if you're not gonna worship the true God, you're gonna worship something? If you're gonna take him out of your mind, you're gonna worship something. So they're worshiping false gods. Sexual immorality is rampant. I mean, there's a controlling spirit. In the nation, because Jezebel. You heard? Of, have you ever heard the term Jezebel's spirit? A Jezebel spirit. It's not in the Bible, but preachers often mention it. It's 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 the way Jezebel was. She wanted to control things. She she threatened God's prophets about speaking about God. In fact, she she killed some of them. She she tried to wipe them out. They had to run from her. She replaced God's altar with an altar to Baal, a false god. And so the church is silent, afraid of her threats. And then, here comes Elijah. The church is so silent that Elijah thinks he's all alone. He thinks that there's nobody else to do this, but it must be done, so he goes to the king. He says, King, we got to straighten some things out in this nation. I want you to get your 450 prophets of Baal and your 400 prophets of Ash- Asherah, a false goddess, and get all the people of Israel, gather everybody up, and let's go over there to Mount Carmel, and let's decide who's God after all. And so... Ahab does. He gathers all the nation of Israel. He gathers all the prophets of Jezebel and all all her gang. And they meet up on the, the mountain called Carmel. And then in 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 21, it says, Then Elijah stood in front of them. He's standing in front of the whole nation. He thinks he's alone, but he's willing to speak to the whole nation. He's willing to come up against these 850 prophets. And he stood in front of them and said, How long will you waver? Hobbling between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people were completely silent. Why were the people silent? Where is God's people in the nation? If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal be God, follow Him. In other words, stop wavering between two opinions. Get off the fence and make a decision. Where is the voice of God's people? All of Israel is silent. And only one man, one man is standing up for God. So Elijah says, here's what we need to do. You false prophets, y'all build an altar, put some wood on it, select a bull, kill it, cut it up, put the meat on the altar, but don't set a fire. And I'll do the same. Then what we'll do is you pray to your God, and I'll pray to my God. And whichever God answers by fire, we'll know is God. They said, sounds good. Finally, the people speak up at this point. They begin to clap and applaud. Yeah, that sounds good. They want to they watch the show. They're there for the show. Let's see what happens. I wonder how many Christians we have in the world today that's just watch, waiting and watching to see what happens when they need to be standing up for God in this most critical hour. Just taking a wait and see attitude. This ain't time to wait and see. So he says, since y'all got so many prophets, y'all go ahead and go first. And so they begin to dance around the altar that they had built, and they're shouting, and they're praying to their God, and they're making a big ruckus, and they're, they're chanting and doing all the things that they do. Nothing. Silence from heaven. Along about noon, Elijah begins to mock. He's like, uh, I thought y'all's God was going to answer. Maybe he's not a God after all, or maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he went to relieve himself. <laughs> maybe he's dozed off. Maybe you need to say it a little louder. He begins to mock all these priests. They get mad. I mean, they're spitting mad at Elijah. They begin to cut themselves with with knives and swords and bleed for their prophet, their false, I mean, their false god. And they're crying out to this false god that doesn't even exist, thinking that he's going to answer by fire. And that describes the enemies of God today. Crying out to something that doesn't even exist. When there was no answer, finally, Elisha, took 12 stones and he built an altar, each stone representing one of the tribes of Israel. And he took wood and put it upon the altar. And he cut up a a bull and put the meat on top of the altar. And then he dug a trench all the way around the altar. And he had some men come and pour jugs of water over the top of the meat to wet the wood and drain down the altar and begin to fill the trench. He said, do it again. So they did it again. He said, do it again. They poured water until the trench was filled up all around the altar. And then then Elijah said to his God, Elijah said to my God, he said, God, show this people who the real God is answered by fire and God did and fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering consumed the wood charred and destroyed the stones and even licked up the water around the altar and the people fell on their faces and they said the Lord is God you think (laughs) (laughs) do you think Elijah said, gather them prophets up and bring them down to the brook. We're fixing to take care of business. And he killed every one of them. And he removed that stain on the nation of Israel. Our God is a God that answers by fire. I got some questions for you today. Is there a drought in America? There was a toilet paper drought here recently. <laughs> Have we been plagued by inept leadership over the years? Ungodly leadership? Is there a Jezebel spirit been unleashed on America? Where we're wa- worshiping money. Worshiping power, worshiping control? Is there a is there sexual immorality happening all around us? <laughs> things that we used to not talk about or talked about. Things that ought to not be or talked about. And celebrated. And put on TV. And is there a controlling spirit? In America has political correctness silenced your voice Has the council culture how you say that cancel culture is it made you afraid to even say the name of Jesus to have an opinion last time I checked this is the land of the free and the home of the brave I thought we had, to, even if we're wrong, we had the ability to speak our mind. Yes, I mean. If we speak our mind, somebody can say that's wrong. We can have a debate, and maybe I can change my mind. But if I can't speak my mind, you're controlling me. Come on, mm-hmm. say it. <laughs> mm. Strong arm tactics Jesus. to make us comply. What are we complying to? Who's in charge of this movement? Who are the ones pulling the strings? I know the media is complicit, and they're trying to, to, to put forward some sort of agenda to silence the church and destroy America. I know it's all to this one world government thing. Who's pulling the strings behind them? Who, If everybody's complicit in this thing, do they think that they're the ones that's going to get to make the rules? Is that why they're playing along? Believe me, you're not gonna get to to make the rules. Yes, amen. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. It's the devil pulling the strings. Yep. And say it. Tell Tell him. Tell him. And God's prophets hiding and afraid to speak out. And God's people hobbling between two opinions hobbling between right and wrong. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from the true faith. That means some were believing the true faith but turned away from it. We're not talking about unbelievers. We're talking about people that knew the true faith but they turned away from it. They followed deceptive spirits And teachings that come from demons. That even the elect could be deceived. Now don't be sitting out there saying, that won't happen to me. There's probably areas in your life right now that you're deceived. There might be something, areas in my life that I'm deceived. We have to keep guard. We We have to filter everything through the truth of God's word. Or we will be deceived. But I want to ask you another question. Who are you in the story that I just told about the battle on Mount Carmel? Who are you in this story? I'll tell you. You are Elijah. Amen. You are Elijah. Look at your neighbor and say, you're Elijah. You have the spirit of Elijah. You'll stand up when nobody else does. Hallelujah. You'll stand for truth when nobody else does, when it seems like you're all alone. Because your God answers by fire. You are Elijah. You're not hobbling between two opinions. Not here at the Passion Church. you, You are Elijah, my friend. You're wielding the fire of God. On this nation that needs to see someone stand up. You're not here just to watch the show. We're not going out with a whipper. I can promise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. You're not going to let me stand alone. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but, Pastor, the statistics say, I've been watching, I, I read some things about statistics. Is that how you say it? Statistics. I need to read some things about linguistics. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's why I love God so much. He didn't call me because I was qualified, He just called me because I was available. <laughs> Statistics say that the church is on the decline. Say it ain't so. (laughs) It ain't so. We refuse to let that happen. There's been statistics that say that Christians are leaving the good fight of faith to fight the bad fight of whether to wear a mask or not. Say, that ain't us. We refuse to take that bait. We're adults. We're maturing Christians. We're adult enough to allow somebody to have their own opinion. Even if we don't agree, love covers. Say, that ain't us. You're Elijah. (laughs) Christians quitting church over COVID, their love growing cold, the statistics say. That ain't us. Amen. It ain't us. It won't be us. Praise God. But what we see is some people who have had 40 years of church attendance are beginning to bow out on their faith. You notice I said church attendance. I didn't say church involvement. Uh-oh. I, mean, uh-oh. I mean, people who have sat there and just got puffed up on a lot of knowledge, but never got involved in the church. Now that we're in the fight, now that everything we've been preparing for is upon us, now that our hour has come, they go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that ain't us. That ain't us. That ain't ain't our people. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 says, You have been believers so long now. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. They used to say you had to part the mustache hairs to get the baby bottle in. (laughs) You've grown up on the outside and you've heard the message, but you hadn't grown spiritually because you hadn't done the message. That ain't us. (laughs) They say baby Christians are having to to beg the senior saints to to stay with their faith. New Christians are saying, sir, don't, don't, don't walk out on God and not the other way around. I remember a time where the senior saints would be talking to the young people, encouraging them, don't quit, son, don't quit. But now we got the younger ones telling the older ones don't quit in some churches. That ain't us. It ain't us. Uh-uh. Church leaders. Leaders in the churches. Instead of raising up the people that God assigned to them, they're quitting on them. Not being the bigger person on the inside. That ain't us. They say that, you know, when this thing happened and we, we had to go to live stream and go online with our preaching. That the attendance was big at first. It was a new thing. Everybody was excited. But they say the attendance is dropping in some places. That people are not even, not even watching the live streams anymore. That sounds like a slow fade. That sounds like a, sl- a, a, a recipe for going back to Romans 1.28. That sounds like a recipe for going back to who you used to be before God came in and gave you true life. That ain't us. Amen. They say pastors are spending all their time herding the cats instead of saving lost souls. The pastors are having to spend all their time boosting up the, the saints. That ain't us. Turn to Revelation 3.15. Y'all having a good time? Amen. Amen. Boy, I'm glad I'm not having to step on our toes. I'm glad that we ain't doing none of this. I'm glad we're a different kind of church And I, believe, I, I mean that I thank you for the, the people I do church with Revelations 3.15 This is Jesus speaking He said I know all the things you do That's scary <laughs> He said I know all the things you do that you were neither hot nor cold. I wish you would be one or the other, but since you were like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich. And oh, we, we have everything we need here in America, right? We are rich. I mean, we're so spoiled. You say you're rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. Well, congratulations. And you don't realize that inside you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich and buy white garments from me so that you will not be ashamed of that nakedness or an ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see he says, I correct and discipline everyone I love. Is God correcting you lately? I hope so. Has he disciplined you? It doesn't seem to doesn't seem hap- make you happy for a while, but it works in you something that needs to happen. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Turn from the hobbling after those two opinions. Turn, turn from being silent in, the, in, in your hour of power. Jesus. When I got saved, I was playing in a rock and roll band called Diesel Jane. You know the story. Well, that same year, everybody in the band got saved. And uh, so we begin to play for the Lord. We've changed our name to Soul Food. That was some 25 years ago or so. We been begin to play all these places and serve and play Christian music and minister for the Lord. Well, early on, we begin to realize that Christian uh, Christians don't support other Christians like they should. There was nobody, you know... Helping the band financially or whatever. We used to make money playing in the clubs. I mean the clubs would pay you and Every every Christian venue wants you to pay them to play there But I was happy as a lark I was serving the Lord I didn't care I was all in But somewhere along the line some of the other guys got together with three other guys and they said well We know guys not gonna go for this idea but let's start a three-piece, and, and we can play in the clubs on the weekend and still serve God. We can, still, we can do both. We can still make that money for our families. And that sounds reasonable. And so they came to me, and they said, we know you're not interested in doing this, but uh, we're going we're gonna to play in some clubs. We're not going to drink. We're not going to womanize. We're not going to do all the things we used to do. We're we're, we're, st- we're going to serve the Lord in there. We're just going to make that extra money that we're making. I said, hmm. Well, let's think about that and let's get together. So during the week as I was thinking about that, the Lord says, son, once you cross over that Jordan and you go into that promised land, there ain't no going back. Amen. There ain't no going back to the thing that you used to be. And I said, you're right, Lord. So I made up my mind in my heart that I wasn't going back. And I said, I'm just going to let them go. I'm going to quit the band, and I'll just pray on the praise team at the time at the church. Well, long time come to that meeting, about the time the meeting came around, the Lord began to deal with me. You just let your friends go like that? The guys you played in the band with for five years, you're not even praying for them? You're just going to let them go? So I got down on my knees, and I prayed, and I said, God, touch their hearts. Don't let them do this thing. And so when we had that meeting that night, I was passionate. I was there to stand up like Elijah if I had to. And in fact, during that meeting, they were giving me all the reasons why they should do it. And it wouldn't hurt anything. And it all sounded perfectly good. But I stood up on the coffee table that night with tears in my eyes. And I said, We can't do this thing. We can't go back across the Jordan. We've come too far. God has a purpose, God has a plan. And I laid out my heart. Everything that He had given me, standing on that coffee table. And there's people in this room right now who can testify that it happened. They didn't say much, they left that night quiet. And within that week, each one of them called me individually. And they said, "I talked to my wife. They don't want us going back to the clubs either. We're all in for Jesus. God. We've been all in for Jesus ever since. And if you look upon that stage today, you'll see many of those guys are our praise team today. Twenty something years later. God. Sometimes you got to stand up on the coffee table and fight for those who are being pulled away, and enticed, and drawn Amen. into this." Sham that the devil's trying to make earth you know I'm glad that the passion church will not force God to work through a church that's, that our altar is watered down and wavering between two opinions and our people are watered down and wavering I mean God can still suck up that water God can strike by fire if you'll let him if you'll call on him Say, come down on me, God, and give me fire back into my life. I'm glad that we're in a church that is focused on the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. I'm glad that we hadn't got all spiritual and deep and went all these directions. That we have focused on what Jesus focused on. Loving people and making disciples who will make other disciples. That our building program is not about brick and mortar. It's about people. We focus on lives one at a time, and you are our starfish. You matter. Look around. It matters to the people that you know, that you've brought to church, that have given their life to Jesus. You think sometimes because it's not a huge crowd that we're not doing exciting things, that we're not making a difference, but we are. We're not building a crowd. We're building a people. Hallelujah. Bless him, Lord. Jesus started with 12. You could say, man, he didn't do much. But once he left, that 12 grew. It takes longer to, to build a house on a solid foundation than just to throw up some shack on the shift in sand. We're not here to create a crowd. We're here to create a congregation. Him, Lord. Thank you. And so we're investing in the people. Like each one is a precious starfish. Let me ask you some more questions, and I'm going to close. Were you saved just to add church attendance and a moral element to your life? Not, say, that's not us. That's the answer. That's not us. Because see, that's the way it is in a lot of churches in America. People just go there to, to be on the roll and say I have some kind of moral what did I call it moral element in my life to make them feel better they clock in or are you saved with a calling isn't that more exciting another question how much is your Christianity costing you If it's not costing you anything, no time, no effort, no heartache. Because, I mean, it's hard serving the Lord. It's hard following after your calling. If it's not costing you anything, then maybe you're not even in your calling. Do you know what your calling is? I don't know what God's calling me. He'll show you you just got to seek Him. How much is your Christianity costing you? Let me say, ask this, what are you doing to actively help grow someone else? Whether in the church or in your family, is there someone that you're leading to Christ at this moment? Is there someone that you're saying, come on with me, follow me as I follow the Lord? Let's just get down to some basic things I put down here. Are you reading your Bible daily? I mean, you eat daily, right? It's our daily bread, right? Amen. Are you reading your Bible daily? I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I don't want you to slip. I, I, I'll get back up on this thing as much as I need to. Every Sunday, I get up on it all the time in the spirit, praying for you that you don't that you don't fall. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. You. That you don't waver hobbling between two opinions that you don't get sucked in are you bi- reading the Bible are you praying are you faithful to church you, if, you're on, if you're joining us online are you faithful to tune in and, and to stay tuned in are you faithful can the church depend on you like I talked we can depend on Kaylee Whaley Mailey Moe here the second I'm sorry that's my that nickname for my Kaylee Whaley We'll have to come up with you another one. I'm sorry. She said, Wow. Now she's. I got myself in trouble. Moving on, moving on. Chad, she's my daughter, too. Are you tithing? Where your heart is, there your treasure is also. I mean, that's just God's straight up test to see if He has your heart. Are you so intent on having that 100% that you would go without the blessings of God, or is 90% with the blessings of God everything to you? Can you not even trust God with a little? Are you tithing? Have you been through the next step class? Are you engaging in the things that God gave us as a church for you to participate in? Are you coming to the next step so that you can go to the next step in your calling? Do you even know what the next step is? Are you participating in the life groups? You think that's just some little fellowship plan we got? They go through intensive training so that they can lead you and, and help you grow on that discipleship wheel to find freedom and, and discover purpose and begin to make a difference. Those are there for you. God wants you to participate in the life groups. Where are you at on the wheel? Have you moved in the last 30 years on that wheel? Are you still searching for freedom 20 years later? I'm just saying, identify. The recent messages I've preached, two weeks ago I preached on, on faith. You know, God, I feel like God's given me these messages for you. They're just not happenstance. We talked about not letting our faith fall. Last week we talked about our thought life, how important that is and how it sets the course of your life. Are you working on your thoughts? Did you work on your thoughts this week? Have you been working on staying strong in faith? Are you hearers? Are you doers? Can't be lukewarm and hobbling between two opinions. Say that's not us. Thanks for listening to the podcast today.